Good Monday morning, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Over Books. Let's get in the weeds. So much to do, so much to say, so much to talk about. So I brought on, well, I mean, Jeremy's always here. So hi, Jeremy. How are you this morning? I'm, I'm well. I was like, what do you mean you brought me on? Like, I'm, I'm here. I'm always here, right? I, I've never missed a show. You've missed shows, Joel Pearl. It's a valid point. I have missed two shows, which means when I make the thumbnails, I am extra confused as to what episode number this is. <laughs> Do we have episode numbers? Do, have you been I mean, numbering these episodes? Not, no, not on the front end, but in the back end when I do my, uh, my thumbnails, I do. So oh. behind the curtain on my designing, when I, I've been doing the, tip, what was Tim and Joel pod, now it's Kate and Joel and Kate and eight, uh, Joel and Kate at eight. I have 163 episodes of thumbnails plus a short-lived short sequence of shows that Tim and I were doing. So like there's probably about a hundred, almost 200 thumbnails and they're all labeled as such. So there you go. I had to, this is like ITW 16 on my list of thumbnails. Do I get royalties for Joel and Kate at eight? Cause I came up with that name and no. I would like to know if I get royalties for that. No, Kate will sooner get paid for her appearance on Joel and Kate at eight than you getting any, uh, any money from it too. That's not fair. I'm gonna nix that show. I didn't. I never approved that show. Listen, if you want to nix it, you can. But other than this show, it is the one of the top performing shows on the channel. Yeah, it does do well. I can't afford to nix it, honestly. You know what does it? Having What's seen that? this stupid thumbnail every week, it does seem like that man. Uh, people like talking about that man and people like to listen to other people talk about that we should start doing that just as a, a rib of just punks in the thumbnail no matter what's going on in our show like we have actually no reason to talk about punk today outside of you just brought him up for for thumbnail purposes but there's a lot of other stuff going on we should just put him in the thumbnail what does cm punk think of mercedes monet's injury that's what we should we should start doing. Like we don't actually know what CM Punk thinks of the injury. Has he has he taken to Instagram stories yet? I would love to find out. You know, we should reach out to Pro Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. We should let them uh, put something out there. They they tagged me in something. They tagged me in the uh, the Willow wins the uh, New Japan Strong Women's Championship tweet that I put out last night. That was just like it happened. We're going to talk about it later. But like Pro Wrestling Podcast, if you want to get CM Punk out of his. Uh, his social media hole. You just the beacon is the pro wrestling podcast logo, the big pink logo that they have. It's his Instagram stories from yesterday is all hockey is back. So like that's how he's taking his time now is he's he's once again Instagram storing storying ing. Is that is that how you say that? Uh, he's he's doing Instagram stories about the hockey. Which there's been a lot of overtime in in this hockey. Four uh, overtimes in that. Yeah, game. four out of four. What yeah. is? How long did that? How many overtimes did we get in that that next game? Because they went to OT the in game three, didn't they? Uh the every the first game between the Hurricanes and the Panthers was four overtimes. Okay, the I'm second game lasted about two minutes um, <laughs> between the Hurricanes and Panthers, and Matthew Kachuk scored again. Wow! And then overtime the. Row. Yeah, Vegas and Dallas, both games have gone to overtime in that series too. Both of them were pretty short. I think yesterday was only like three minutes or something, and in the game one was pretty short as well. Same winners 
as well. Vegas has won both games in OT, and Florida's won both games in OT. So we'll we'll see if if uh, that continues. It'd be cool if like another team won in the conference finals, both in basketball and hockey, because I would prefer competitive series instead of we got a 3-0 series in both NBA conference finals and 2-0 series in both NHL conference finals. Can can we get some competitiveness in these final fours, please? I mean, maybe, but it's 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 all fixed, Jeremy Lambert. It's if it was your- fixed, they're doing a terrible job of it. Why would you want to fix it as 3-0 unless, you know, the fix is going to be the, the comeback is on? After this, like that's the only way to to fix it, and I don't feel like that's going to happen. I mean, people can fix us by leaving a thumbs up on the video. How's that? Maybe you can subscribe to Fightful over Terrible transition. It was a, no, it's perfect. It's a great fix. Your greatest fix is the thumbs that you leave up along the way. Uh, and if you want to fix us financially, go ahead, drop a super chat. That little dollar sign on the bottom of your YouTube.com slash Fightful Overbooked Window. Any amount supports us. Get your question statement run on the air. Uh, sometimes we pull questions from just the random random chats here. But uh, if you want to definitely get your comment or your statement read, just uh, come and support us here so that we can afford to pay people not named Kate, Jeremy, or Joel on this channel. Yeah, I don't see a dime from any of this. Like I said, we're going to talk about New Japan Resurgence. Great show that was uh, probably later on in the show. Uh, a few injuries, a few new champions, uh, just overall a great show. Uh, at 1045 Eastern, it is 1007 now. Isaiah Bronner is going to join us. For those of you who don't know, he won the AIW Gauntlet for the Gold this past Saturday. And he will be facing Matt Cardona, the AIW Absolute Champion at the big AIW Absolution event. That's their annual big event, their series or season finale uh, every year. So uh, we'll talk to Isaiah about that big win and, of course, his career because he has been around for a few years now. He has some experience on AEW Dark, uh, and he has he's, he's been doing the thing. So we're excited to talk to Isaiah at 10.45 a.m. Eastern. Jeremy, you did not go to AIW, but you no, did. did you did, however, go to GCW. And you got, I your, you got your photo. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't realize I'm terrible. I like keeping up with schedules and where companies are going to be and stuff. So it was like Thursday night. I saw that GCW was going to be in Columbus and I saw the card and I was like, oh, this is like a good card and everything. So I, I kind of just put out there like, hey, maybe I should just go to the show and take a Mark picture with uh, Cole Radrick. Um, Cole Radrick, friend of the show. He's he's been on here. He's been on Spotlight. So we love Cole Radrick. And and I, I looked and I, I thought Columbus is like three hours away. And I was like, eh, do I really feel like driving three hours? I don't know. Then I saw it's two hours away. I was like, all right, it's a little bit more feasible. The thing that really sold me was the show started at five. So it was over at eight. And so I was home by like 1030 after hanging out a little bit afterwards, which was super nice. Being home at 1030 compared to like 130 is just so much better. Um, but yeah, ended up going to, to, to GCW last night and just hung out, took in, took in the show. My first GCW show, it was in a ballroom. And I'm sure if you watch the show or if you saw the photo that I, that I posted, they do like wedding receptions and stuff there and so i'll give her credit before she yells i'll put that in quotes uh before she yells at me uh i i took a photo of the venue and i sent it to the wife and she's like 
oh, they do wedding receptions on Saturdays and then death matches on Sundays. And I tweeted that same thing and I did not give her credit. And she's like, you just, you take all my good material. The ours is better than the yours, as uh, Scott Brooks once famously said, a former coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. But yeah, that was that was her joke that they do weddings on Saturdays and death matches on Sundays. Uh, cool venue, though. A nice little setup. A little disappointed. No one like jumped off the balcony. I don't know if there's like rules or regulations about that. So a little disappointed no one decided to jump off the balcony. But a good show overall. I did not do any like work uh i didn't like try to do interviews or anything i feel very weird about that of like just like bothering people especially i don't have like a camera it's just me and my phone i don't like like going up to people and being like hey do you want to like do this like they're trying to sell their merch they just wrestled and stuff i conventions is one thing i'll go up to them be like hey do you want to do an interview but like at shows i kind of just let them be and also like for me, I do so much work anyway. Sometimes like I just want to be and just like watch the show, especially my first GCW show. So I didn't really feel like doing any of that either. I did. Um, I did talk to MLJ. Shout out to Big Dick MLJ, who does the, the spotlight intro. And I just thanked him for like doing the intro. That was the first time I've ever met him. So I thanked him for doing that. Um, I, I talked to, to Gringo Loco and Joey Janela very briefly. And again, it's mainly just like, thank you for doing these interviews. With, with us uh with me like i really appreciate the time and then i hung out with cole a little bit more because that's like actually friend of the show friend of friend of friend type thing not just hey thanks for doing an interview type thing uh so yeah it was uh it was a good show i will tell a, a funny sort of funny story i guess um the cease twins were there i didn't um, know that it's awesome. uh, Allie- yeah, me neither. So I was I was like on my phone and I was looking at, at Twitter because I needed um I couldn't think how to spell Los Macisos names and everything. So I used the hashtag on Twitter, uh GCW you can't see. Uh is some it was something like that. Like might just meant GCWC. So I I clicked the hashtag and I saw Emily had posted photos of uh jordan oliver they no they did not beat me up we're we're good friends for the ruckus um i saw emily posted posted uh a photo of jordan oliver and nick wayne and you know it was live obviously and so i just messaged i was like hey are you and ally here and they're like yeah and i was like i'm over here in the balcony uh let's let's meet up and so eventually we did and we hung out and uh, we got a photo, which I don't think they've posted yet. So everyone message them and tell them to post the photo. Here's the funny story, though. Here's the funny story. I guess funny. I'd taken my Mark photo with Cole Radrick uh, that I posted on Twitter. So then after the show, that was like during that was like during the main event or just before the main event, Cole and I were, were talking and we took that photo. After the show, Cole's selling his merch and everything. Um, I go up with the, the Cease Twins because I wanted to take a photo with them. And Cole grabs me, he hands the phone to to Emily, and Cole's like, okay, let's take a photo. And I'm like, no, we want you to take a photo of us three. And then Cole about beat me up. I did put Cole in a cravat, though, so I did do that. And he he got a, he like hammer locked his way out of it. Fortunately, it didn't hurt me uh, too much with, with that, but I did put him in a cravat um that he'll he'll deny i'm sure but yeah a really a really good show really fun gcw first experience let me tell you let me let me let me talk to you sawyer wreck she 
she was in there. So the match was her and Janela against Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver. Sawyer Rex is going to be a major player once she continues to, to put it together. You can see all the pieces are there. She's much bigger than I thought she was. She, she's a monster in, in real life. Um, she's going to be a major player once she just more experience, more working and stuff. She, this is not to say like she's not there or anything but you can tell like she's got all the look she's got the personality she's she's got the presence that you would want um she just needs it you know she's in there with jordan oliver and nick wayne they work at a speed that is levels above everybody else and and sawyer this is what i mean by like just more time and stuff more when she gets to working with that speed i think with with women she'd be fine uh but she works at, at the this higher speed with everything major major player sawyer wreck yeah i am looking forward to chatting with her when we get that opportunity so if if sawyer wreck is watching or someone adjacent to her let her know that we would like to uh, have her on the show and talk about her her wrestling and her up and coming ability because yeah you're right she is she's very tall <laughs> especially like so many orphan, joey janela like it comes across on tv obviously they do the hall or not hall uh nash and michael's pose and sawyer wreck is nash and in that pose um but like in person she was just a, like jordan oliver is a is a bigger dude than you might expect from from tv and she was like size to size with, with jordan oliver she is a monster like i again i think she's gonna be a big star and it's not to say she doesn't have stuff figured out but once she just continues to to work at that that high level like it's gonna be big big for her i'm looking forward to continuing to uh follow her career yeah we would like her on the show at some point that's where i feel like i maybe missed the boat because she was uh she was like selling merch and stuff afterwards i just don't like bothering people i'm very i don't like bothering people at events i totally get it when gcw came to toronto i was lucky enough to get a lot of interviews but a lot of that came from uh first first of all matt cardona was like i'm not staying till the end of the show i do want to talk but we got to do it while i'm doing my my merch and i'm like are you sure i feel bad like this is your this is your life and he's just like no no we're good we'll do it just make you know we'll keep it under five minutes like no problem i i i know what to expect from you we're good uh effie was like early in the night he didn't care he's like i got someone who can cover for me we're good uh and then he was very generous with his time and then uh, afterwards everyone else was just after the show and i was really lucky that uh uh, sorry, I'm, shane hawk i was about to use his his uh, his real name which it's out there it's not a pardon a shoot name. I was going to use a shoot name. Uh, his shoot name's Andrew. Like, it's out there. He, he says it himself. Uh, but anyway, Shane Hawk was uh, very gracious. He was a big part of that uh, GCW show, getting it together with IWS. Uh, so Shane was, was very helpful in just basically wrangling talent and sending them to us. So at one point, Joey Janela walks up to me, and uh, Joey and I are about the same height. Maybe I have an inch on him. So for, just for reference, like I'm six feet tall and I'm, I'm a, I'm a bigger dude. Like I'm a broad dude. So normally when I speak to wrestlers, I'm like, Oh, did not expect you to be that much smaller than me. Uh, do I, do I do a Tom Phillips and like do a split leg for the shot and just try to make myself as short as possible? No one really cares. It's always fun, but uh, yeah, it, it, it is tough to just approach a wrestler when they're trying to make a living and just be like, Hey, can I take you away from your 
your attempts to make money so that we could talk and maybe it'll help you get exposure. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fine line to cross for sure. And to, to walk. I'd also just like, I'd rather have them on this show and on the spotlight. Cause it'd be a very quick interview, like five minutes or so. And you can't like cover, but so much in five minutes, I much prefer just like, Hey, let's, you know, let's do a longer form sit down type type of interview so we can cover a little bit more. And is otherwise I'm asking just like very generic questions about like, I feel like then I got to like talk about the show and everything. It's like, Hey, tell me about your match tonight type of thing. And it's like, ah, this, I almost wanted to do a bit with Cole. Cause I don't have video. I just have like my phone of, I was just going to be like, I'm here with Joey Janela, but it's just, just Cole Radrick. And like he, and then like I'm here with Nick Wayne, and it's just Cole again, but it's all voice. So I'll just put him on the spot of like, hey, do these voices for me of of this person. I <laughs> almost wanted to do that bit, but it, I just like, even though I know Cole, I feel bad. Like just these people, they just wrestled and everything. They're trying to unwind and stuff. They don't. I don't know how much they really want to talk to me in the first place, but but certainly, you know, after they've, they've wrestled and, and everything like that, they just want to chill, sell, sell their gimmicks, and then, you know, maybe just get out of there. I'm here with Nick Gage, and that's the, that's the line for Cole. He's like, nope. Cole, Cole did. He did the uh, MDK all effing day at the oh, at the yeah. show oh yeah yeah so cole wrestled cardona which was uh, a really a really fun match cardona was like why don't you just lay down for me and you know we can just get out of here and then cole hit him with the surprise roll up and cardona kicked out and he's like all right you know what? let's be friendly you're the broski of the week and so he tried to like shake his hands and, and cole hit him and then um he said he had a doctor's note and then delander came out and then Gage came out later in the match. Maki Ito came out uh, and Cole got the victory. And then after the match, like Gage does his, his big thing. Where's my gang at and stuff. And so he hands the, the mic to Cole. He's like, all right, Cole, you're going to do it tonight. And Cole, like, he's like Columbus and Gage, like takes the mic from him. And he's like, I need more effing energy than that. And then so Cole has to like fire up and go uh, uh, to, to get the crowd going. And like Cole's so tired after, after this match and everything. And so, but Cole, Cole brings the energy up after Gage tells him to bring more energy, which, you know, that might be a threat uh, in some, some regards. And then, uh, yeah, Cole does the uh, MDK all F and day. So he may have been able to to pull off uh, a gauge a gauge thing there. You never know. Man, now I got to ask him. Maybe maybe next time we uh, have him on, we'll, we'll ask Cole Roger. Can you do the, the, the Nick Gage impression? I feel, like, I feel like I could send Cole this link right now and he might join us unless he's on Twitch because I feel he's, like like he's like always on Twitch. <laughs> I feel like this is his sleeping time. Yeah, this would be the one time he does it. Uh, elsewhere, GCW ran at Detroit at Harpo's on the 20th. That would have been Saturday night. Uh, and the main event, which got a lot of eyes, was a five-way GCW World Champ. Well, the main event was the Ultraviolet Championship. Yes. But the, yeah. the big match, no no offense to uh, Rini Yamashita and Jimmy F. and Lloyd, uh, but the, the main event match for the World Championship was a five-way all women in this match, Masha Slamovich, of course, the GCW world champion, taking on Allison Kay, Lufisto, Maki Ito, and Sean Rossap's favorite wrestler, Shaza McKenzie. Uh, Shaza had a, a real good showing in this match, too, getting the blade from Maki Ito, getting choked out by Masha Slamovich. Uh, she was all over this match. 
the the pizza cutter stuff is it's it's not for me um they use the screwdriver masha and mance warner did um on sunday nights and yeah i watched the the five way with the pizza cutter the screwdriver stuff man that was like right in front of me too and i get it like i can take it in small doses um but not something i can i can live with all, all the time uh, credit to to those five women they they went all out they were not afraid you know it's a gcw world title match the the it's a death match just right off jump street um because it, that's just how all the gcw world title matches work and the fact that they go out there and do that all the power in the world to them because i don't know how they and that's not just women like men as well i just don't i don't know how they do it. No, there was no glass tubes or light tubes or glass at yesterday's show. And I think it's because the venue, maybe one, wouldn't allow it. Two, everything was like right on. Like there was no guardrails or anything. So I, if people like saw dives. One one dude was like taken out on a dive. I think it was the, the Trey and uh, Blake Christian match he was he was taken out on a dive like he fell over in his chair he got up and you know he got a big applause from the crowd once he once he stood up and was like hey i'm good and and everything but yeah like people were just people were moving out of the way because there was no guardrails or anything you were landing in laps on dives last night so i assume that's why they didn't do like light tubes and glass and stuff because that could have been pretty dangerous with no real railing or anything right there yet not they the the deathmatch stuff not exactly for me especially pizza cutter screwdrivers gouging into foreheads and man's like did it like underneath the thumbnail of masha like oh That's man and like jabbing into the cheek and every ah oh, man it's uh it's it's a little it makes me a little queasy gotta say it makes me a little queasy i get it i know i didn't uh steven jensen let it loose that you guys are gonna interview crest the star for the spotlight this week. And uh, that's one of the questions that I have specifically asked you to ask. And that is about Cresta's love or not of deathmatch wrestling. So I look forward to you both maybe waxing poetic about your deathmatch wrestling feelings. I, I will go ahead and, and spoil this for you, Joel. We did not get into that on, on the interview. We, t- we had a lot of stuff to talk about with Cresta. I mean, you do the show every, every Thursday with her. This was the first time I feel I'd been on camera with her, unless like I did some random pop in on an impact show or something like that. But I don't recall it. Um, Cresta and I just talked about like drag and, and RuPaul's drag race and drag Queens and stuff no, for that, a while. That tracks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she she's a trip, man. She was great. That yeah, that interview airs on Thursday as part of the spotlight. She's fantastic. But no, we did not get into deathmatch wrestling. You did ask me to ask that, but I uh, it, it was on my list. But you know, conversation went in so many different directions. We just didn't get a chance to hit on it. That's fine. The woman literally wears a mustache or beard combination to every Impact post show. And people love it, and I get it. So you know what? Just if you want to talk about deathmatch wrestling with Cresta Star, uh, you can do it on her Twitch, or you can do it with us on Thursdays on YouTube.com/slash Fightful After Impact Wrestling. Because uh, you know, there's there's enough to talk about on Impact, but sometimes you just want to divert a little bit and talk about deathmatches. Unless you're Jeremy Lambert. <laughs> nah, I mean, look, I'll talk about deathmatches and stuff. It's just 
it's not always for for me the the deathmatch things uh but i respect everybody everybody who does it you know cole cole's doing it uh more more than he used to nowadays gay i love nick gage i'll watch a nick gage match i can take it in doses i can't like some some of these promotions that are like nothing but deathmatch stuff i i can't sit there and and watch that the entire time just it's not for me but if it's only a match or two on the card it's like all right this is this is this is fine i can deal with this yeah, I get that. Uh, let's shift gears for a bit. We got 20 minutes until Isaiah Bronner joins us at 1045. Uh, AEW Fight Forever, the official release date dropped this morning. It's uh, I know I'm taking you by surprise because I know I didn't put it in our rundown, but I would be remiss if we didn't talk about it. And I know you had the news on it too. June 29th, that's just a few days after Forbidden Door in Toronto. They're going to drop the pre-order and the wish list already at uh, their website, aw.thqnordic.com. Plenty of fun stuff coming out in this game. Are, are you looking forward to it? And uh, I mean, you're you're going to play the game. I know you are. I assume I'll play the game if I have time. I haven't played video games since probably the last time I was on Twitch. Honestly, I was, like <laughs> I was walking around Best Buy with my kid yesterday, and I was in the gaming section. I was seeing all the Switch games. I'm just like. I have this game, I have this game, and I have this game, all in the original packaging, and I have yet to open and play them, and I'm still trying to finish the other games that I've started. So I fully get it. Yeah, just not not a whole lot of time to to play video games, un- unfortunately. Um, you know, it, it is what it is with that, but I'll play it. I'll get it. I will probably stream it because it is a, a big deal. And then that way I can say it's for work purposes and I have no choice but to but to play it. I don't know what to expect from it. Like some of the videos look okay. Some of the other videos don't look quite as good. It looks like it is more arcadey, which I'm fine with. I, I truly think wrestling games should be more arcadey. I don't like the, the full-on realism of wrestling games just because wrestling is such its own wacky space and universe that like, why wouldn't I want to jump out of a helicopter on like you can do on SmackDown, uh, you know, the old SmackDown games. Why wouldn't I want to like climb the WWE New York and things like that? I think that's very fun to, to do like that. I don't want it to go full on like all stars gimmicky because that's when I get a little, I'm like, oh, okay, now it just feels like I'm just playing like a fighting game with wrestlers, which is fine, but that's not my my style or anything. I'm not the biggest like fighting game fan in the world. So like you gotta find that balance. And I think the WWE, the early WWE SmackDown games did a very good job of finding that balance. And that's why I I love those games more than like No Mercy and things like that, because I they had that balance for me. Um so it'll be interesting to see once this thing finally plays, like are they able to find that balance or do they lean one way more than the other? You know, it's here. It's finally, it's coming in just over a month, which is great after years of delays and everything. I'm glad it's finally coming out. And what are your expectations for this, Joel? Because there's been so much hype and then delays and then now it it feels like most people are kind of tepid because of every of all the delays and everything, which might work to their advantage. But what are your expectations? That I mean, I was going to agree with you right there. It does play into the advantage. I don't have super high pie in the sky hopes that this is like AAA gaming at its finest and everyone's going to give it five stars. I think that 
hardcore wrestling game fans from our age group, you know, who are playing SmackDown and playing No Mercy and playing those games, they're going to love it. Uh, there will be a nostalgia kick to it. Kenny Omega is, you know, closer to our age than <laughs> than people realize. And as a result, you know, he was the creative director on the game uh, along with a, a team of others who were working on it. And there was there was certainly nostalgia in those videos that were released and the style and the way they've been talking about the game. Uh, so I kind of expect them to play off of that a lot. I'm looking at the match types that are included. You got the singles and tag team match, three-way, four-way, ladder matches, Casino Battle Royale, Falls Count Anywhere. They're doing unsanctioned lights out with the use of weapons. And, of course, lots of blood, it says in the, in the press release, which made me laugh. Uh, they're doing an exploding barbed wire death match. One match type that I'm shocked didn't make it, I'm sure it's there, but they just didn't promote it, is a good old-fashioned steel cage match. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if it is in there because I feel like if it was there they would have listed it. So maybe it's maybe it's not in there and maybe it's not in there because just they couldn't get the mechanics of that to to work and you know maybe it gets added later cuz it doesn't seem like it's going to be a yearly release. It seems like it's going to be more hey, let's patch it, let's do additions throughout the year and, and things like that, which is probably better, if I'm being honest, because like re- the WWE games, they get released every year, and a lot of times there aren't enough like great upgrades for it to... They've, they've done well the past couple of years, I will say that, but before that, it was like, okay, you're basically, you're adding like the showcase mode and things like that. Like That's basically what you're paying for, because otherwise you're paying for like a roster update. You know, everybody has the same complaints about sports games of like you're just you're paying sixty dollars for a roster update. You're not adding that many new features to this. At least with WWE, they can add like the showcase mode and everything of like, okay, they have so much talent, so much uh history, so much video to play off of of like you can do Cena, you can do Hogan, you can do Austin, you can do Rock, like you can just year after year just market around one person and their showcase. But sports games, a little bit different, is like it just feels like you're paying for a roster update every year. And a lot of people have that complaint because they're in a lot of gameplay editions. AEW, they don't have that like big history of like showcase mode type of thing. Like, all right, here's hangman page and you win the world title and that's kind of it what's the next show like you just you don't have a lot of history to play off of so i think it'll be better if it is like hey let's just do additions like patches and things like that throughout um throughout the year instead of hey let's do another because ufc does this too and i think they do they don't do yearly releases they do like bi-yearly releases every other year and i think that's probably the best route for AEW. Yeah, and I agree. I think it would be nice to see them kind of just hit the ground running with what they've got, patch it as needed, because clearly, you know, you drop a game, there's always going to be something, someone's going to expose a flaw and they're going to fix it. But also, new wrestlers come in, old wrestlers drop out, people change, things happen. But as you kind of keep up on it, uh, it's easier to patch. If you do DLC, you can do it for, you know, special appearances, special match types that may show up, like Anarchy in the Arena is a match that could be a DLC pack and it would be fun. You have to then open up the spaces in which you can fight and that'll make things more difficult. But I'm throwing out just match types because anarchy in the arena is going to be a double or nothing. But let's say blood and guts is, is on the the one year mark horizon of what they're going to work on. And once they can get it 
just working well, you can add blood and guts to the, to the uh, lineup of matches or make it an unlockable specialty match that you make. Stadium Stampede is another one in the chat. I think that'd be easy to do. You're just, just going to have a match in a much longer stadium that's empty. Sure, why not? And then there's just stuff littered throughout that you can fight into and fight with. I think that'd be okay. You don't have to do an annual release. I think you're right. In this case, you can do a, a biannual thing where maybe you pay a certain amount for a membership fee and they'll continue propping everything up or you can just buy it as it comes. I'm not huge on doing DLC and having to purchase every single time. Certain things you have to pay for, I think, in, in when it comes to games, but not everything. So I would do some free DLC and I would include some pay for DLC. And it also depends how much this game is going to go for. Did they give you a price? Is it $64.99 or is it $39.99? I didn't see anything. Uh, I mean, I know you can pre-order. I imagine the, the price was on there. I'll double check on that. Let's see oh my what God, we got please. here on the, the pre-order. I do I do like the your your points of when it comes to when it comes to um all right so standard edition when it come it is 59.99 so for like playstation and that's standard edition i don't know if there are let's see do we have there there's only standard edition that you can pre-order so it doesn't look like there is any like type of deluxe edition or anything like that i like your idea of i would much prefer just let me let me get the dlc pack of hey let me spend 20 bucks whatever dlc comes with that that's what i'm getting now when you do something like that you are basically you're committing to we're getting dlc right because otherwise like wait i'm paying 20 bucks and then what if they don't release anything what if they don't include like monthly patches bi-monthly patches whatever it might be updates and things like that and then it feels like it's 20 dollars wasted so i understand why some people might just want to wait until okay what's going to come out what can i pay for type of thing but if you're doing some type of game pass then you're basically saying hey we're going to give you we're definitely going to give you updates you just got to trust us on what these updates are and we just you got to pay up front for them instead of or you can wait if you want to you can either pay up front you know 30 bucks or you can wait and it might cost you $10 per. And if we put out five patches, then you're out or, you know, five updates, whatever it might be, then you're out $50 instead of you could have just paid the 30 bucks up front. So it's, it's whatever you decide you're going to commit to on there. But I do think a game pass idea would work well for this. If they are committed to doing uh, however many updates they're, they're going to do in the time period, they're going to do them. Someone is absolutely going to take advantage of the custom wrestlers, just the custom everything. They're doing custom wrestlers, custom movesets, entrances, teams, arenas. Someone's going to take advantage of that and recreate like the entire like Bullet Club, all of chaos from New Japan. Someone's going to do the entire New Japan roster. Someone's going to do like the original NWO. It's going to be kind of wild, but, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Are are they going to be able to be uploaded? Like I know there's been some like community creations talk of like that they might so this was this was sean's report on may 16th um so it says the those uh okay let's see those that we have spoke to who played an early version of the game said it the place that reminded them of no mercy and is not supposed to play like wb 2k evil uno told fightful that uh in november 2022 that he'd heard the plan was a single release game with ongoing updates um what there was something about community creation stuff and now for some reason of course i just i can't find 
any of it. Um, oh, here it is. There are some okay. limitations with the creator wrestler, and there weren't plans for community creations that we heard of the last time we checked. Okay, oh, so that's, that's from the same select reports. Okay, so there you go. Some somebody, or so somebody might create all of this stuff, and it might not matter. Basically, just creating it for themselves, which good on them, but you know that doesn't do much good for the rest of the world, um, which means the DLC will be pretty important if you want to play. Look, the roster, it's outdated, right? Like, Cody Rhodes is still in the game. Bless him. Hope he gets that money. Me but it's, it's an outdated roster at this point. This roster has lived through the CM Punk saga. Here we go. Here's how we tie it CM Punk. It's lived through the CM Punk saga of he's out and now he's in type of thing. Like, he's back in again like he's in he's out he's in again and it's lived through that entire saga like that's how long this delay has been but yeah cody's in the game and he's been gone over a year now like the roster's a little outdated so you gotta do these updates with some of these guys who are now more higher up up the card and that people want to play as Ryan Sullivan in the chat actually brings up a really good point. If it's not going to be online, it'll be like the days before where people will just yeah. give out details and be like, yeah, use red 2587 and then use right. this. We're going to be printing out uh, game facts, game FAQs, and you know, just have the, oh man, you said as a kid, print those things out because you know you didn't have like a phone or anything. Then you can just scroll on your phone to see the update. Like if you if your computer and your game system were not in the same room, you weren't going back and forth. So you print out that stack of, of created wrestlers and just flip through it of like, all right, here we go. Gotta gotta create all all of these guys. Yeah, let's let's take it back to those days. They're really trying to recreate the the no mercy smackdown days by by doing all that yeah there you go kenny omega was saying our world-class team has delivered an authentic nostalgic feel of wrestling games past along with the unmatched creativity that AEW brings to the table which means no online play even though online play is included but you're not going to be able to upload your creations who knows we'll see what happens but uh, you know what you good. know what some some company should they'd never do this because it'd probably kill their business some company should just not do online play let's bring it back to the good old days where you had to sit in a room with your friends and you had multiple controllers and that's how you play video games just get rid of the online play completely completely and see what happens you probably again you'd probably kill your entire business by by taking away online play but make people get together and play video games instead of you know sitting by yourself in your room and, and chatting that way. Get get your groups together, everybody. We have a few minutes until AIW Gauntlet for the gold winner. AI, Isaiah Bronner joins us. Uh, I, I do want to point out, this is funny to me that you mentioned that because my wife has a, a few different YouTube videos that she cycles through to help her fall asleep. Because at this point, she's like, I've listened to them so much, but the voice is so, so useful in like help, lulling me to sleep. One of them is about a video game uh, sound creator and it's all about the roblox oof and it turns into this whole long video about a guy whose name is uh god i listened to this thing a million times tommy Tallarico, i think is the name and the guy is a scam artist beyond scam artist but at one point just before the pandemic he had been quote unquote working and i use that term very lightly on a new video game console that 
was not going to include online play of any type. It was going to be like, we're forcing people to sit in the room together again and be best pals. No more online play. And you know, when the, when he started working on this particular gaming console, Jeremy, when 2020, early 2020, there you go. So everybody. He's sitting there talking about bringing people in the room together. And all of a sudden he has absolutely no way of doing that. But uh, yeah, just when you talk about that, it's the first thing I think about. So yeah, Tommy, the dude is garbage. Ryan Lambert in the chat, he gets it. The guy is garbage, but the, uh, oh man, it's so, it's so cringy. Go, go, go find that video after you watch us because <laughs> it's something else. <laughs> anyway, we got a few minutes. Uh, Anything else in this weekend stand out from you, to you? I know we're going to talk about New Japan. We're going to get into a big talk about that. And I see the super chat about uh, Willow and the New Japan Strong Women's Championship. We're going to get into that. We just uh, we have a few minutes until Isaiah Bronner joins us. So we're not going to jump into that. But anything else from the weekend really uh, worth discussing just for a couple minutes? Did you see Fast X? Did you? No, not yet. <laughs> we didn't get that $50, so we couldn't do it. Yeah, I know. You guys killed my date night because we didn't we didn't get enough money so I to support my fast ex uh want, wanting to view. Oh, thanks guys. Someone saying talk about Liv Golf. <laughs> I'd rather talk about Liv Morgan's injury, which we'll do a little bit later too. That's uh, unfortunate. That's unfortunate. It with, is uh, Liv Morgan getting hurt and Poor Bailey is like trying to be like, there's magic still in these women's tag team titles. I'm like, Bailey, I hope, I, I hope there is magic uh, in those women's tag team titles because so far man, the magic has been injured, and I don't like saying that. It it hasn't been it it hasn't been like good from from the start. Like there was a lot of hope, right? Like a lot of hope with with the the women's tag team titles, and then it's just been. There hasn't been the care in them that Sasha and Bailey were hoping for when they they first came out, and then you know now since they've come back, it, it's been it's been what it's been. We'll get deeper into that a little bit later, uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at with the with those women's tag titles. We'll talk about it more because they are going to do a four way for the uh, for the women's tag titles. But anyway, uh, if we're, we we got we got good fun stuff and good fun conversation coming up uh jeremy i I, we should probably tee up this conversation and this this interview yeah do an intro joel you're the professional here i'm just along for the ride now you booked it he's your he's he's your best pal although we follow each other on twitter now so i'm a big fan wait no do the intro (laughs) all right fine if he's ready to go let's go ladies and gentlemen the aiw gauntlet for the gold winner for 2023 He's going to have a match against Matt Cardona for the AIW Absolute Championship at AIW Absolution. This man could be the next AIW Absolute Champion. We're going to find out. Ladies and gentlemen, Isaiah Bronner is joining us now. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How y'all feeling this morning? Doing great. Doing well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. How are you feeling coming off Gauntlet for the Gold and the, the big victory in the gauntlet the, the over the top rope and also just uh pinfall elimination the big gauntlet victory at aiw uh relieved um <laughs> like <laughs> like uh coming off of like a uh, like a significant injury so it was like the first 30 seconds being in the ring was like like really uh 
I would say scary or whatever, but once I got through those like first those first few movements, I was fine. But relief, uh, really grateful, thankful for the opportunity. So just is really excited, looking forward to uh, the future. Fans were really uh, excited to hear your music again. They were almost in disbelief. I think uh, I think you got them that time. Were you were you surprised that they were surprised? Yeah, um, I I didn't know um, what the response was going to be. Originally, like um, when I told Thorne I was going, I was going to come back that Saturday. Um, I was like, "Oh, should I change the music just to keep it so they don't know?" And it's like, "Nah, just keep it the same. Like you condition them with that music, or whatever." So, like the the uh, the response it surprised me. So, so I'm happy. So response, good uh, good response. So I'm happy with that. Did you think Derek Dillinger was going to take the Paul London bump when you eliminated him uh, no. off the apron? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> ah, man. He wild. Because like, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have took this. But, man, the team player, man. That's, it, it looked amazing. He said he was all right, but it looked like he wasn't. So. How, so. how was the... How was the uh, injury rehab process for you in missing? I think you missed uh, a couple months. Like, how how was that whole process and and just getting getting back to to be ready to go again? It sucked um, because I had ruptured my right Achilles in uh, twenty one twice. Um, so when the injury happened, it felt the same. Like the the the, the pop, I couldn't feel like the bottom, like my heel. I couldn't feel my foot. And I still had to catch Cardona. Like, it was like literally right before I caught him. So I couldn't feel my foot, but I, I caught him and I just couldn't get up after that. Um, immediately, I just sitting there. I didn't want to go through the, I didn't want to go through the process over again. But after like the first week, like, not even the first week, after that next Saturday, I just went right back to the gym. I had the walking boot on for a couple of weeks and I just, just went through it, man. I, I watched the same Adrian Peterson and Kobe Bryant videos every day. Every time I went to the gym, I watched the same two videos every day for the last eight weeks. So I'm just trying to just try to find different motivation. My girlfriend, she was a, a huge part. Uh, Jocelyn Navarro, she was a huge part in the in my rehab process. The first couple of weeks was like really rough, and she was there, you know, speaking uh, motivation into me or telling me I can do it. So, um, yeah, like probably like third or fourth week, it started trending better. Um, it healed a lot faster than I thought. Still rehabbing it and stuff, but uh, it got better a lot faster. I wasn't supposed to come back to December. So, got lucky. It's May. Isaiah, it's May. You said December? <laughs> yeah. It is May. Yeah. Got lucky, man. <laughs> So then at what point in the rehab process were they just like, you're way ahead and you're looking good for May? Um, they didn't initially. Like, um, after like, I had evaluation two weeks after the injury and they did an ultrasound on like the back of my calf and my, my heel and they couldn't, they didn't see where the tear was. So they couldn't give me a concrete answer on exactly what was torn or what was going on. Um, so after like two weeks, I was out the boot. I was walking with, uh, like a heel lift in my shoes. 
after like another week, I took one out. And after the, the fourth week, I was out of hill lifts, was walking. Uh, so I had like a little bump. Um, the rehab, like each rehab session, like it got stronger. My balance has got better. So like a, like a week ago, like everything kind of felt like almost back to normal. So I'm not going to stop. You know, I'm going to keep going to rehab just to be on the safe side. But it healed a lot faster than I thought. Was there any uh, – I'm, I'm a big music guy. Was there any, like, music or anything that other than motivational stuff that was helping you kind of push on or keeping you, you know, during your rehab, keeping you focused, keeping you excited? Oh, yeah. Um, Lloyd Banks uh, just dropped another album. So um, that came out, like, right on time. Uh, him um, – I mean, he was 50 Cent guy. Um, Tupac, Nipsey Hussle, nice. uh, Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher. So I keep those guys, like, heavy in the rotation. Kendrick Lamar. So anything that drops pretty much is in rotation. Favorite 50 Cent song? Mini Man. Ah, there we go. <laughs> the guns use that. The, the guns uh, on AEW, yeah. when they came out to that, that's one of the best entrances ever. Yeah, yeah. That, that was – it caught me off guard, but that was yeah. – really dope, though. <laughs> uh, last year at Gauntlet for the Gold, uh, I was there, and you wrestled Eddie Kingston. What oh, yeah. was it like – sharing the ring with with Eddie Kingston and that was a hard hard hitting affair and this was kind of my my introduction to you is I not not too versed in the the northeast scene until I moved here and then I was like oh I'm gonna go to the show love Eddie Kingston and I found you I was like oh man this dude's awesome uh but what was it like sharing the ring with Eddie Kingston for that match oh thank you um it was dope like um in and out the ring like he dropped a lot of like knowledge on me I, I learned a lot that whole day um, just, you know, not just in the ring. It was amazing. Like, um, I still, I like watch the match back and just hear all like the advice you give me, the critiques and, you know, just, just watch the match back and apply it to that. It was a hell of an experience. Like, um, I was really looking forward to that one and I'm really hoping I don't care where, like we get to do it again. Same question, but we're going to go a month earlier when you took on Minoru Suzuki Another guy who can hit hard and I assume teach you a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, that was crazy. Um, I was cool, like, up until that point. And then I got in the ring, and uh, Jay Clemens was the ref. And he was, like, just, just taking in, just, you know, taking in. I'm like, I'm cool, man. And then Suzuki Music hit. And it was, like, a whole different experience. Like, I can't even explain it. Like, I got out the ring. And just like took it all in, and man, that did so much for me because that made me really understand less is more, and like I heard that a lot. But that match, like it really, it really settled in for me, and uh, a lot of things stuck with that match because I don't feel we did that much, but what we did, everything made sense and everything had a purpose. So that was that was very huge. I'm so grateful and thankful for that opportunity. The the big question when it comes to Eddie Kingston is: Did you guys bury James Dolan in your talks? <laughs> nah, nah, we didn't. Nah, he he's a good guy, man. We we didn't. Eddie Kingston didn't say mean things about James Dolan, the the New York Knicks owner. Eddie Kingston said nothing bad about James Dolan. I don't know if I believe this. Not to me. Um, 
Yeah, he kind of – I think he, like, brushed off the Knicks. I think we were talking about sports. And he said the Knicks, ah, and then he just walked away. So <laughs> <laughs> He's not a Knicks fan. I mean, he is a Knicks fan, but being a Knicks fan means you also just hate the Knicks as, as well. That's typically how it goes. Here it is here, so maybe – Maybe it changed, but it probably didn't. But you know, <laughs> um, plan attire accordingly. Did you plan to wear all green, knowing that you were on a show called In the Weeds? I just got to ask. That. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the fit. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeremy. Oh, uh, AEW, AEW wrestling, both times in in Michigan. Uh, what was what were those experiences like, and how did those uh two matches come together? Um. I did uh, OWA, and uh, Sean Dean was on the card. Um, I wrestled Mysterious Q, and after their match, he just told me to send him a, uh, hit him up. And um, the first, yeah, I think the, I'm trying to think. I went down to Texas um, after that for AEW. I, I didn't get on the card, but they uh, put me on the card in Michigan and. Yeah, uh, Michigan twice, Detroit, and Grand Rapids. It was a tremendous experience just to see how um, that um, a company that big works, and then being put out there um, to work with uh, the talent that we uh, we got to for that company on that platform, and then to do it at home, it was, it was amazing. Like I've never been in front of a crowd that big. Even if it was right before the show started, it to me it still looked like it was filled up both times. So it was it was dope, man. It was a tremendous experience. Uh, everybody I worked with was like professional, classy. So nothing nothing but good things to say about those experiences. I tend to ask uh, all the wrestlers who who appear on the show about working a television style product versus. An, an independent show style product, which do you prefer or are you still enjoying learning the ropes of, of working a TV show style uh, wrestling? Um, I enjoy it. Um, going to OVW kind of conditioned me to start um, uh, working more towards doing stuff for TV um, and trying to apply that even doing indie shows. Um, uh, locating camera and knowing what to do and uh, why you're doing it. Um, so it kind of carries over until when you get those opportunities to be on TV. So um, I would love to have more opportunities to be on TV and uh, to work that style. Uh, but just make the most of each and every opportunity I get, um, whether it's indies or, or uh, mainstream, I'm just looking forward to all of them. You've wrestled a lot of uh, UWFI rules matches and how do you how do you feel about those matches any interest in doing something like blood sport because i think you'd be a great fit there um yeah i'm interested in blood sport um i was hoping um i would get an opportunity this year um but the injury happened um but hopefully down the line i get a chance um the uwfi it was it was cool um it would be something like i won't do like i, I wouldn't want to continuously do um i would like to try to space it out um it works for me because it's, it's not that much thinking involved it's just, for me it's just full instinct whatever um and it's just it's, 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 it's close to uh 
fighting or MMA is you're gonna get in professional wrestling. So it's it's cool with me. Um, it, it was cool. It opened um, it opened my brain to a different way of thinking and applying it to wrestling. So thankful for Paradigm for giving me the opportunity as well. Go ahead, Jeremy. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to switch to basketball, and I know you have no interest in that, Joel. Uh, <laughs> so I was I was going to get a prediction. It, look, it looks like we're headed toward heat and nuggets here in the finals unless something hey, – why, why are you mad at this? Why, why are we mad at this, Isaiah? I came to Gauntlet, like, Lakered up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I had the, the Kobe, the throwback Adidas on. Me and uh, my uh, – uh, my guy Ronald Two Legs. We was like, "Oh, this is, we gonna take this game. They should be up two one at the." I get ready to go to the ring, eighty three, eighty two. I come out, they lose like eleven, and I'm like, "What the hell?" <laughs> what the hell? I'm cool with Miami because I didn't think Boston. I didn't believe in Boston this year, to be honest with you. I don't think Jason Tatum's a true number one. Um, I believe more in Jalen Brown than I do Jason Tatum. This is me personally. Um, and then I don't think they have this, the proper supporting cast to get them to, to the NBA Finals. Um, so I'm not surprised that Miami's doing what they're doing. Like Eric Spoelstra don't get a, enough credit. But uh, I just can't rock with the Nuggets. Like I just... <sighs> It's hard for me to accept, like, if they won a championship, it's hard for me to accept that. Like, I haven't accepted the Bucks winning a championship. Why are we doubting the two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic, here? Isaiah? I just, I I mean, he's a hell of a player. I just, I just, I just, he just don't do it for me. Ah, very disappointing to to hear Jokic one, one of the one of the absolute Jamal Murray the flamethrower. Look, if LeBron and Anthony Davis could show up in a fourth quarter, then maybe the Lakers can can win a game. If they D'Angelo Russell stopped shooting the ball, like, but you know, I mean, if D'Angelo Russell just be off the court, period, because he yeah. ain't shooting the ball well, he ain't defending, he ain't doing nothing out there. Well, what he's doing is he's gonna get Kyrie there, so. I guess we got <laughs> we got next. Is year. that good? Is that good though? Do you want Kyrie? For these situations, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you but might he, not get to this point if you have Kyrie out there, though. That man, he's he is what he is when it when it comes to off court stuff. I heard either him or um, they might try to make a trade for Trey Young. So I, I don't okay. know. I mean, Trey Trey Young, his defense is going to be his defense, but at least he offensively still very good I, i'm a big believer in trey young still yeah. so I'm, I'm not mad at that Kyrie just comes with a lot of things that you don't need his track record speaks for itself when it comes to all these destinations he's been so trey young a little bit i i can i can buy that one a little bit more we're gonna see man but i'm gonna watch uh briefly tonight so it might be like a lot of angry tweet, tweets firing off tonight <laughs> I hear that's what gets you engagement anyway. Like not you, but just in general. Yeah, it's just it's very fresh. It's been a very frustrating series for me. So, yeah. can I shift back to wrestling, or or we yes, still- you could go back to wrestling. It's up to you. I don't know. Uh, I want to. I want to shift back. Once upon a time, you said in an interview that uh, your dream match is against RVD. 
hasn't happened yet as far as I can tell, but uh, you are currently working with Bill Alfonso in AIW. Uh, are you still after RVD as a dream match? Is there anyone else that you're wanting as a dream match for uh, your, your future? Oh, yeah, like RVD, RVD is just number one. I guess like one, like one of my all-time favorites. Um, I know you don't take that many bookings, but I'm holding on hope. If I if I got to wrestle Suzuki, I'm holding on hope for RVD. Um, the other person, Jacob Fatu, like I, I really like he is like extremely dope to me. Um, I've been watching him like since um, he started MLW, and just the stuff he does for somebody his size and everything like he's legit. He seems like a real good dude, cool dude. So I like those two is right right up there. Uh, you're going to be facing Matt Cardona at Absolution. How much does that guy suck? <sighs> I respect the hustle because, honestly, I didn't think he was going to last as long as he did on the indies. Um, he knows how to market himself, but I'm just like my focus. I, I want a Larry to tan off of him. So that's... <laughs> That's my focus is getting that title. Um, yeah, like I don't have much nice to say about him. And I, I, I'm not one for the top. Just really looking forward to Absolution. So, um, you might need you, to. You, could, you could say whatever you would like about him. Josh Bishop has been on here burying him oh, and for the. I thought that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Josh, he's called Stiffy McGee and everything. Josh is going in. Autumn, I try to get everybody to talk shit about Matt Cardona. I think it's hilarious. He, he just looks scared. Right? Um, he's like one of those people that talks, just keeps talking, keeps talking. And, you know, like the few moments we had in there, he like he was going to shit himself. So <laughs> uh, There's right, the clickbait he, headline, everybody. He just tried, like, he tried to sneak me after the gauntlet. And he got F five, and absolutely ain't gonna be nowhere to run. Like this is, however long I decide the match is gonna go, I'm just gonna beat the hell out of him, and then send him wherever he wanna go with the with that my arm print in his chest from the lariat. So. You are a man who hits very hard, and to circle back to the Eddie Kingston match after that match, I was very worried about both of you guys because you beat Tar. I just you came back for the gauntlet for the gold that night and I thought you were injured after that because you guys were just going at each other. Big meaty men slapping meat on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh who has hit you the hardest? Uh Kingston, Suzuki, um uh, Calvin Tankman, um Bishop um, I got one more on my bingo card. I'm waiting for you to say it. Uh, you gonna say Dom? Hoodfoot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the U- UWFI, uh, UWFI fights. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's like top four, top five right there. Um. Yeah, but I, I enjoy it. Like. I, if I give it up, I'm expecting to take it. And I tell people, like, you better hit me hard or, you know. But I expect it. I enjoy it, man. I love it. 
when it comes to to your injury and you, know, you weren't supposed to be back until December, are you kind of taking taking things slow when it comes to to in ring work instead of okay, I'm trying to wrestle every single week, you know, twice a week type of things? Are you trying to manage that by maybe being a little bit more selective with the bookings you do take? Um, for like the next couple of weeks, probably a little selective. Um, I'm at C four. Uh, I'll ride up to C four and see what happens. So I don't, I don't know if I'm working there or not. Um, but it's just pretty much selective, just going off how, how I feel. I'm just trying to get everything back to where I feel. And I'm looking to crank it up probably like the middle of June um, and just go back to like normal schedule, try to add some more dates on. So uh, probably like middle of June, looking to take back off. Isaiah, I want to thank you for, for joining us today, man. Really, really appreciate it. Everyone, go check out Gauntlet for the Gold. It is up on uh, Fight Plus on uh, on that service out, out there, AW Gauntlet for the Gold. And you know, good luck against Matt Cardona, beating the hell out of him. Let everybody know where they can find you at on, on socials and where they can find you at. You just mentioned some upcoming shows, but go ahead and plug those again. I uh, appreciate y'all for having me. Thank y'all first and foremost. Um, y'all can catch me, Isaiah Broner, 313 on Instagram, Isaiah Broner on Twitter and Facebook, YouTube, um, merch stores, ProWrestlingTees.com, Isaiah Broner. Um, trying to think. Also, I'm wearing my girl T-shirt, um, Jocelyn Navarro. Uh, go to her merch store. Uh, go to her page, Jos underscore E underscore uh, Navarro, um, AIW, uh, Fight TV, Fight Plus, Black Label, C4, um, just to name a few, Mr. Chainsaw, Pro Wrestling. Uh, I'm looking to be any and everywhere. So uh, looking at June, looking to add more bookings, hit me up. And thank y'all again for having me. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Joel, are you going to the C4 show? I can't make it because it's in Ottawa and I'm in Toronto, but I do want to make it out to C4 because uh, it's my hometown. I would love to go to a show, and every time I watch it, I'm like floored by the production, the crowd, everything. And I know you've worked C4 a couple times, so I mean, I, I don't need to tell you, Isaiah, what, it, what that experience yeah, was like. It's dope, man. Hopefully you can come out soon. Would love to. Well, will you beat him up at the show? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we bring like a separate camera and we just we'll do like a Patreon. Yeah, yeah, we get we definitely get some money out of it. Oh, yeah, just yeah. you know, chop him, body slam him. I don't care. I just want to see him get hit. <laughs> yeah, we'll set something up like special Patreon yeah, exclusive. There we go. All right, I appreciate that. Thank you, Isaiah. All right, thank, thank you, man. you. Cheers, thanks, Isaiah. Isaiah Bronner, go check him out. Go follow him on social media. He's tweeting a lot about basketball, which I always appreciate, but he's also, uh, you know, big time wrestler. AIW, they're doing good stuff here in Ohio. Love AIW. And for the gold, that's um, one of their big shows uh, before Absolution. So go check out. Go go watch the Gauntlet for the gold, and then go watch him beat up Matt Cardona in a, in a couple months at Absolution. You really can't help yourself. You just want all of them, all these wrestlers, to just beat the shit I had a good tie-in with the C4 thing. I'm not, I'm not going to force it. You know, if, if it's not there, it's not there. But when he said C4, I was like, oh, that's my end to, uh, to, to say something and, you know, try to get you, get you beat up. So I got four people to beat you up now, Joel. This is becoming a problem. You know what, though? Actually, <laughs> listen, Isaiah, Isaiah had a good idea. He was like, put it up on your Patreon. And I was like, 
we know Fightful over Book Contempt, technically, we could have a members section where people could pay go. to watch wrestlers beat me up. No, this is a great me. idea. Yes, no, this is great. I love this. You're not going to get any money from that. I'm actually keeping all the That's money, all the problem. booking fee money off of this. This That's is the one thing I'll make money on because this is all all my idea. You're you're taking all the bumps and stuff. This is what a good manager does. He, you know, the artist does everything, and then the manager takes all the money. Fabulous Lambert over here, fleecing <laughs> me for all the money he can. The Don oh. Callis. That's that Don Callis uh, playbook right there, baby. Kenny's yeah. doing all the work. Good on him. Let me get that cash. Anyway, special thanks to Isaiah Bronner. Gauntlet for the gold. AIW. <laughs> Winner for 2023. He's going to get Matt Cardona at Absolution. Uh, that's going to be a fun match. I'm looking forward to watching them go at it. Uh, special thanks to Isaiah. Oh, we had a we we had a big New Japan Resurgence show, didn't we, Jeremy? Yeah, that was uh, last night. We had last Alex Coglin Coglin on Joel Coglin, not Coughlin. Uh, yeah, and, and if you show up on the show, <laughs> you will win your big matches. So now Alex Coglin has to go and beat Katsuyora Shibata for the pure title to really prove the point. But he did beat Christopher Daniels last night. I was, I was happy about that. Did Alex Coughlin uh, a good match against, against Christopher Daniels. I mean, let's, let's talk about what's, what's the big news coming out of this. And this is Willow Nightingale winning the new Japan strong women's championship and defeating Mercedes Monet in the, the finals of the tournament. And unfortunately, Mercedes suffered what looked to be an ankle injury uh, in the middle of the match. I, no exact pinpoint on when it happened, but if you watch the match, you can kind of see when she fell to the outside. Uh, it looked like she she landed roughly when she got back in the ring. She was moving gingerly on it. Felt very bad. She went for uh, the bank statement, whatever. I, I forget what she calls that That now. Uh, you know, the the backstabber with the knees, she couldn't, she didn't have the lift on it. And then she she rolled into the bank statement. And you can just tell she was moving gingerly. The finish, a little, little wonky because the, the power bomb hit and the ref was like, I don't think this is the finish here. Didn't call it as a shoot as you were you were told to do in other companies. Called it as a as he thought he was supposed to call it, and you know didn't count three when Mercedes clearly didn't get her shoulder up, so they just had to repeat the spot and uh, Willow won. So it was an unfortunate ending to the match uh with the injury something you just can't control but otherwise man the match was moving along great the the crowd reaction when they hadn't even touched at that point like what was was fantastic it felt like a big big moment for both women for new japan and for women's wrestling uh it's a, it was an unfortunate ending but on the bright side man we got champion willow nightingale and that rules it really does and I have to give props to the announce team for how they handled that finishing sequence and how they kind of talked around the the three count that wasn't a three count, that was a two count. And just they, they did a really good job throughout the night. But especially in that moment, I do have to give them their flowers because they, uh, they, they tried their best to make an awkward situation less awkward and a little more fluid uh and chi town spurs with the super chat earlier saying is everyone excited for the discourse when willow defends new japan strong title on aw programming i honestly this is the right time to do it in my opinion because you're about to do forbidden door this will be the most new japan heavy influence technically uh, on aw programming this is the time to do it so 
I don't see any reason why after double or nothing, you can lean into Willow holding that championship and defending it on AW shows, Ring of Honor even, you can have her do it there. The point being, yeah, she's an AW contracted talent, but right now you're about to go into your biggest stretch of New Japan heavy content on your weekly TV. So why not do it? I thought that Willow was the right choice. I don't think that it was a last second call to have Mercedes drop the match. I think it was always planned to have Willow. Um, I say this with the utmost respect to the New Japan Strong Women's Championship and what they want to do with it. Um, Having Mercedes win it and then come into AEW and challenge, let's say, a Jamie Hayter, who is the Women's World Champion, it the disparity between the championships is clear. So I I see Willow having that title and building its prestige to be a lot more valuable than putting it on Mercedes and being like, the big star has it. This is this is a bigger opportunity to long-term build the women's division in New Japan Pro Wrestling, especially in the USA, and also to build the prestige of the New Japan Strong women's division as a whole. So that's kind of where my brain is at. I don't know if you think any differently. Well, we talked a little bit about it on on Friday when previewing the show and how it seemed like it was a Willow Mercedes final that was being set up. And we mentioned Willow possibly and kind of being the favorite to win because it's a New Japan Strong title. They have the relationship with uh, AEW slash ROH. Like we've got Shibata as the ROH peer champion. It would make sense to have Willow as this strong champion and maybe not be on AEW TV, but certainly on ROH TV. She's already kind of one of the the top females on ROH TV. So now you put another title on that. Like there's a lot of synergy between ROH and new Japan. And then also with AEW, especially with forbidden door coming up. But that's why it made sense to have Willow, like win this title is because you can keep it because New Japan strong, New Japan, like the strong title, it can be defended in New Japan. I don't think that Willow is going to be traveling to Japan too often with uh, with her AEW commitments and things like that. So, and the New Japan strong brand, it's just these singular kind of big pay-per-view shows. Now it's not the weekly episodic television that we've seen. So like, I don't know how often that title is going to be defended uh, without the the weekly episodes and everything, now you can keep it still in the public eye and defended just through ROH TV. So I think it's the right call going to Willow. I'm with you. I don't think they made any type of audible call because of Mercedes' injury. I think Willow kind of was the plan on that. And it's not that the New Japan Strong Women's title was beneath Mercedes or anything like that. It just felt like this was a moment for... Mercedes is very giving. Right. Like she, she's always been very giving in the ring and understanding who to elevate and understanding, you know, also when she should be elevated. This felt like a moment where it was, we should elevate Willow here. It makes more sense. I can still go after the IWGP women's title. I can, you know, if they, if she does come into AEW for something at Forbidden Door, I can go in and, and challenge for that. Um, you know, now that might be up in the air. With, with this injury, who knows how this may change things with her. But yeah, it always felt like this was a, a Willow moment. And it was good to see, man. Willow, one of the, the nicest people in wrestling. And it was, it was good to see her get that moment on that big stage. I want to bring back the statement you just made about Mercedes Monet being very giving to her opponents and to wrestling. Uh, the match that she had 
earlier in the first round. Well, really, what was, I guess, the semifinals? It was only a two-match. It was a four-woman yeah. turn. But the match she had against Stephanie Vacker from SCMLL, uh, that match was very good. It was really, like, go out of your way to watch it good. And it's not Mercedes carrying Stephanie. It is both women working in tandem and delivering a great match. It just so happens that Mercedes has a much larger fan base, which is fine. That exposed Stephanie Vacker to a whole new level of fans and a whole new level of people who are going to see her work and be like, I got to watch it. So, uh, yeah, really, really good matches. Mercedes delivered on, on both matches. It's unfortunate that the way that the, the match had to finish against Willow was, I think, if you want to talk audibles, that was probably the only audible, was just, let's go to the finish. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's fine. You do that because clearly Mercedes was limping. She Something was off. She got carried off at the end of the night. Uh, and you could see Sumi Sakai looking very worried in the background from the videos that, uh, that were posted. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, the recovery time is minimal, if any. And uh, we'll find out soon enough the extent of Mercedes Monet. Uh, and and her status and any injury or not. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't the only injury that was announced on the card as well. Kate and I were doing our show while I was watching, and I'm looking over and I see Kyle Fletcher from Aussie Open come out, and he's in a full suit and he's got both titles and he's missing another guy. And I'm like, uh, what's going on? And I don't have the sound up, so I have no idea. Later on in the show, we would find out, during Kate and my show, we would find out, because I had the sound down, that Kyle Fletcher was out there to vacate the IWGP tag titles and the New Japan Strong Openweight tag titles because his partner, Mark Davis, Dunkzilla, is uh, is injured and unable to defend the tag titles. Typically, you can get away with just holding on those tag titles and keeping them for a little longer if it's going to be a short-term injury, but it feels like Mark Davis's injury is going to take them a little bit longer than planned uh this was this sucked in a lot of ways aussie open run the the run of a lifetime right now they were in a lot of the eyes of a lot of people about to have a match against ftr at forbidden door that seemed to be where people's brains were going mine included uh and this this is not fun this is not good news but the injury bug uh kind of bit new japan a little bit it's very unfortunate news because it did seem like they were setting up something with FTR at, at Forbidden Door. And the fact that they have vacated the titles basically says that Davis is out until after Forbidden Door. Because I think if they had if they had an inclination that he could work that show, he they would have just kept the titles on him for another month. You don't have to defend him. Like that's that's fine. Um they, they would have just kept the titles on him though, because that would be the time to, to possibly take him off. So it does seem like he's out through at least forbidden door. That's not official. That's just me theorizing based on them uh, dropping the titles here. Cause I don't know why you would do that if they could still work or if Mark could still work forbidden door. It's unfortunate. Cause man, they, they've been killing it. And you know, they had the, the strong titles, they had the IWGP tag titles. And now that's going to be decided. Um, I believe it's dominion. Uh, winner kind of winner take all kind of match there so we'll see who walks away with that and i imagine whoever kind of wins that might face ftr at forbidden door but uh, yeah really unfortunate injury that's gonna kind of shake things up a little bit in the the new japan tag scene and kind of shake things up going into forbidden door and we'll see sort of how that 
shakes out. Like Ishimori also got injured. He's going to miss the rest of Best of Super Junior, which is only two, technically two more shows. Uh, at least he would have had like two more potential matches because the the final night of round robin competition is tomorrow night and then whoever comes away out of the the round robin winners will face off in the finals but ishimori was there at at the at at the top um he had 10 points or he he had eight points same as hiromu going into that match and then he got injured and so hiromu ended up winning and so hiromu got bumped up to uh, to sorry, they both had um, ten points. Apologies. Um, Hiromu got bumped up to to twelve, and then Ishimori remained at ten. You know, was that the original plan? Was Ishimori supposed to win? Not sure. But now he's obviously out of the running with everything by by not winning this. So uh, an unfortunate injury to to Ishimori and a run of some bad injuries in in New Japan and WWE. We'll talk about them here in a second, but. Tough injuries uh, for for the world of wrestling right now. The good news is, at least on the best of the Super Juniors front, looking at who's on the top of each block, you've got Speedball Mike Bailey, who's been having a run of a, run of a show. Uh, Leo Rush, Takahashi, you mentioned Hiromu. Master Wado in Block B, Despi, and Yo, all with 12 points. So there's a lot of good talent top of that list right now on the A&B block. So... It sucks that Taiji Ishimori goes down with injury and withdraws. Hopefully, again, it's a short-term, uh, short-term loss for for New Japan Pro Wrestling and for Taiji uh, in ring time. But uh, we'll find out soon enough. And what really sucks, honestly, about the Aussie Open thing more than anything, is that I was so close, Jeremy. I almost got it on the head. Lucha Blog back in April said that there was going to be a three-team match at Triple Mania. And that a resin commander were going to be in a, one of the teams along with two others. And I said, congratulations. This was April 20th, by the way, or somewhere around April. And I said, congratulations to a resin commander who are going to win the AAA tag team titles and then drop them to Aussie Open on like AW Dynamite or AW Rampage going into Forbidden Door so that we would basically flip flop the, uh, the, the FTR story from last year. But it's not to be. Instead, uh, they're going to have to. A lot of things are going to change because when the the team that had so much going for them goes down, it really, like you said, it, it forces you to shake things up. So, best of luck to everyone involved. Those who are injured, I hope it's a very easy process. But uh, that's that's the way it is right now. We will touch on the the WWE side of things, but uh, I we got to talk about the the Tanahashi and Will Osprey match, don't we? Oh, yeah, good I mean, stuff. Tanahashi, one of the goats, right? Like uh, he's he's up there in age and everything. He's he's not the doesn't move as quick as he used to and things like that. You want to just talk about like storytellers though, and people who just know how to tell a story and know how to just milk every moment and get every second out of the crowd. I don't know if you can find me somebody better than Hiroshi Tanahashi. He is exceptional at that. And he did it again here with, with Osprey. And look, Osprey, he's he's also one of the best in the world, obviously. And But I could just watch Hiroshi Tan- Tanahashi matches all day. Absolutely all day. Because he's, he's so good at just making you believe. He is just, he's so good at all the little things that you, you may or may not know. It's just, 
he knows how to do every single one of those things. And if you are a wrestler or a fan and you are not paying attention to Tanahashi and how he has no wasted movement, you know, we, re- we see that a lot with wrestling, GIF wrestling and stuff. And it's like, oh, look at this. Let's do 500 bounces and everything. And then what does it lead to? Tanahashi guy that just doesn't waste any movement. He's amazing. I can't say enough great things about him. Really, really solid match. Again, the entire show, the entire Resurgence show ended up being a ball. And now Will Ospreay takes on Lance Archer on June the 4th at Osaka Joe Hall in, at, at, at New Japan Dominion. Uh, I mean, if it, it feels like we're going to Kenny and Will Ospreay for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. When? When do we do it? I think that's Forbidden Door. I think that that was the setup... That's been kind of the setup in the story the entire time, right? Like, um, when this tournament, this little mini tournament to crown a new number one contender was announced, the finals was at Dominion. And it was either outright stated or largely implied that Forbidden Door would be when Kenny gets his match against the winner. And Osprey always made the most sense out of this. When you looked at that lineup, Osprey always made the most sense no offense to lance archer no offense to even tanahashi or or fred rosser i think he was the original maybe juice robinson it was supposed to be juice and then it turned into fred rosser when they suspended juice robinson right so none of those guys made the sense that osprey was going to make that is a marquee match for forbidden door and we're we're likely gonna get it and it's gonna it's going to be great. I am very curious as to how they t- tell these stories on television because this is something that I thought hampered Forbidden Door a little bit last year is they tried to blend everything with the AEW storylines and it didn't all like shake out. Like If the Elite and Blackpool Combat Club story is still going on, coming out of Anarchy of the Arena, if they are building to like a Blood and Guts or something like that, where does Osprey fit in? This is where I think Don Callis can be used as a very good pivot. I don't even know if pivot's the right word, but a, a very good link. That's that's the word I'm more looking for. A very good link to the storytelling between transitioning from Omega, maybe still in the Blackpool kind of crosshairs, but also with Osprey coming in. I think Don Callis is the link here. We're going to have a whole lot of AEW chat on Wednesday because uh, double or nothing is on is on the horizon, and uh, I believe we can can we announce uh, our, one of our guests for Wednesday. Um, if you want, I'm always skeptical of how these things work out. Um, <laughs> but we are hopefully, hopefully going to be joined by Andreas, Andreas Hale. Uh, he he'll be joining us on on Wednesday afternoon to talk uh, AW double or nothing and just other happenings in the the world of professional wrestling uh andreas you've i think he's done work on fightful before um he hosts the 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 corner podcast he's on he's on sporting news he covers the world of not only wrestling but combat sports as well so andreas is uh been in the game a long time and and one of the one of the top dudes uh i've always really enjoyed his work i found out he ran hip-hop dx when i was like going to that website every single day in like middle school and college and stuff so andreas is uh he's a good dude so i'm looking forward to, to talking with him 
So looking forward to that, hopefully on Wednesday. A lot of AEW talk, as always. Uh, uh, elsewhere on that New Japan card, Kenta recaptures the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship from Hikaleo. Uh, I'm going to be perfectly honest, Jeremy. I had no idea that Hikaleo had recaptured that title. And that happened, like New Japan did a show and there were like 20 title changes on that show. The, the never six-man tag titles changed, which seems to happen on every show. There was a bunch of other title changes on that show too but yeah it happened you know hikaleu fine i didn't understand the point of it at the time to put the belt on hikaleu unless you were gonna go full bore with hikaleu and then they've clearly not gone full bore with him because they just put the title right back on kenta new japan is weird in that they just it's like to do title changes for the sake of title changes sometimes and like all right sure Go for it, especially with these titles that I don't want to say are are meaningless or throwaway, but they feel like that a little bit when you do these uh, changes. The the never open weight title was the the other one that that changed. Uh, Tamatanga lost that belt, and the fact that I can't even remember off the top of my head like who he lost that belt to kind of says what needs to be said about that. But yeah, they just sometimes just like to do these title changes, and this was one where it's like, all right, we got Hikaleu, he's the champ, and then. He loses. It's always funny when I do these articles and like I like to put in uh, like how long they held the title and I like to put in how many successful defenses they've had of the title. And it's always funny when I do New Japan of like he made zero sex successful title defenses in like 90 days. Like he never he won the belt like three months ago. This was his first title defense and he lost it. Like I, it's always hilarious when I do that for New Japan articles. So Kenta recaptures the strong open weight championship, puts Hikaleo through a table off of the bear, off of off of the side of the what is it like the entry point to a section. Anyway, gets the count out victory, wins the title, and then he's immediately the lights go out and everyone's like, "Oh, who's coming out?" Well, no, it's a video on the screen. It's Eddie Kingston, and uh, Eddie Kingston and Kenta looks to be next for the strong open weight title. Hell yeah. I love Eddie Kingston being like, going to go for the AEW title. Ah, shit. Going to go for the ROH title. Ah, shit. Going to go for the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship. That's the one. Yonkers! Kingston and Kent is going to rule. Yes. Absolutely rule. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Just a very funny and strange setup to get there. But we'll see where that goes. Uh. Blackpool, I'm, I'm specifically waiting to talk about the street fight last. Blackpool Combat Club over Chaos. This was the Shota Umino show. Umino, he's in for a big push. He's gonna, he, he's gonna face Okada soon. Dude looks like. First of all, I find it hilarious. He comes out, and I'm just like, why does he look like Tanahashi Light in every way, shape, and form? I love it. I love the gimmick right now. Uh, he almost. Almost got the pinfall on Okada. Took him out of the match to eventually get the win over Rocky Romero. Showed a pinned Rocky. Because uh, if Rocky's in the match, he's going to get pinned. So it's fine. Uh, good, just a good match. It was Wheeler Yuta and uh, John Moxley on the side of Shota Umino. Taking on Okada, Romero, and Ishii. Uh, good match. Again, solid. And hey, Umino versus Okada. is <laughs> one hell of a thing to do. Uh, I don't hate they're making, and this is what I, I've liked about New Japan to kind of start this year. And we saw it with Sonata. Now we got Yoda Suji in the main event. They're trying to make the transition a little bit. 
and, and Shota is another guy. And I think Ren Narita is, is another guy who's going to be kind of, kind of getting elevated here pretty soon. Like they are tr- trying to transition away from the Okada's, the Tanahashi's obviously Jay White's gone and they're going into, you know, look, they're trying to elevate David Finley as, as the, the bullet club leader and everything. They're, they're moving away from sort of the old guard a little bit and they're elevating the, the Naito is another guy who's being kind of uh, taking a step back a little bit. So I, re- I like that. And Shota's a guy who he's been, he's been slowly on that ascension, right? Basically ever since he became Moxley's son, like it was like, okay, Shota is, he's getting up there. Like if Moxley's taking you under his wing, this ain't going to waste type of thing. So they, they've been, they've been slow burning this show to uh, show to come up. And now it seems like they're going to, they're going to make it happen. And maybe he doesn't beat Okada in the first match. You know, it, it might not happen. It's understandable, but he's going to get that victory at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do you think? Do you think Okada and Mox at Forbidden Door? A lot of people clamoring for that. It looks, it seemed like, oh, hello. Uh, the, eggs, the eggs are here. Yeah. Uh, how are you? Sean, I was cracking egg jokes uh, yesterday. <laughs> I'm cracking eggs. Yeah, see, see, yeah. he got he caught that one right off the bat. Yeah. That was, uh, the, the kids found an Another egg. raise. Thank you. That's all it takes. The kids found an egg and they were like, oh, what kind of what kind of egg do you think this is? And I was like, I don't know. I'm not an egg spurt. And like the, the kid big pop. Big pop from the kids for this. So I guess you yes. could say you cracked them up, didn't you? I was you know, telling yokes, telling yokes out there. That's what stop you gotta it. do. Oh, let me stop <laughs> it. Oh man. Stop it. How are oh, you, Sean? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, you had a good weekend. You enjoyed Breaking Benjamin and Bush. That, that was good. I really enjoyed Bush. Uh, Breaking Benjamin. It was my sixth time seeing them. Wow. None better than the first time, but um, that that was cool. That was cool. Uh, the lead singer was the third best lead singer in his own set, which was very very interesting. That's like going to watch Fozzy live. <laughs> They they had their guitarist sing and everybody was like oh and then it's like well he he sang the songs better than than the lead singer did and we were kind of like somebody said oh he could be a front man for a band I said yeah this one <laughs> but, this uh, is live yeah but uh, it, w- it was very good I'll always have a soft spot for those uh, Shy Town Spurs says Jeremy really putting Jeremy's eggs over jokes over easy. <laughs> but bush was great i wanted to see bush really bad and they were good they were very very good what band have you seen the most ever is breaking, breaking benjamin. benjamin yeah i'm going to see some 41 simple plan and offspring in august jeremy is a coward and is going close to his home to yeah. see it instead of driving like four or five hours down to right. cincinnati to see it i'm driving like 15 minutes away to see it which is a lot easier of yeah. a trip than five hours. That, that week that I go there is going to be the dumbest week of my life. Um, that's my birthday week. It's my anniversary week. It's my wife's birthday week that week. But there's all out and I'm flying to London Friday. I'll be there Saturday, Sunday. I'm flying back Monday, Wednesday. I won't be doing that dynamite because of this concert. And then I believe Thursday night or Friday morning, I'll be flying to Chicago for All Out. 
and then hopefully coming back before that show happens. <laughs> yeah, you put that one on yourself, that last part. <laughs> uh, there, there was a reason I was told, so. All right. Yeah. Just, no, nothing. Me? Uh, I'll put it in the private chat. It's nothing. It's nothing major, but okay. maybe I'll get into a fight. You never know. Oh, oh, okay. well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's fair. Good stuff. Um, yeah. We were about to talk about something wrestling related. I know that usually gets you to go away. Uh, <laughs> what, what was it? Uh, the Juice Robinson, Fred Roster street fight from last night's resurgence. Cause that, that match was stupid fun. Yeah. Tony Storm showing up, getting involved. She didn't even have to kick anyone in the balls because Juice did it for her. I love that. I love that aspect of it. I like that that Fred was playing up his friendship with Tony before yep. the match and all that stuff as well. Um, it's so funny because I remember, go figure, the, I was at All Out 2019 and I interviewed Fred Rosser on the floor of like a hotel. It was where, where they had the StarCast thing. I was like, are, are you done wrestling? Like, what's going on? He's like, nope, I'm going to be back. And I promise I will be bigger and better than I've ever been. And uh, there was a little bit of doubt in my mind. I was like, you haven't wrestled in a long, long time. Like, what, what, what does he have in the reserves here? And he is objectively better as a performer than he's ever been by far. Strong, he's the biggest success story of Strong, in my opinion, is Fred Rosser. He completely reinvented himself. He was great. They're giving him a lot of opportunities to uh, to teach as well and lead those those classes that they're starting up in July. Yeah. Uh, also, I love asking everybody that was involved about that promo that he did where he said he was going to go to Tom Lawler's house. <laughs> I remember you asked Rocky about this. I did ask Rocky yeah. about it. Yes. I did ask Rocky about it. Um, and he was like, yeah, we knew pretty well that we were going to have to edit all that. <laughs> Yeah, good assessment there, friend. <laughs> anyway, I'll have some New Japan news on Fightful Select today and some WWE wrestlers in movie news. Very nice. worried of you hitting your monitor every time you do this. Now. I've got great accuracy. So it wasn't actually me hitting my webcam that knocked it off. I posted. I've got risers here. I posted and it slid off and... Because it fell off, all the other things fell off. Yeah, that's what happened. Sean, I put Cole Radrick in a cravat last night. Good, good. Yeah. I, I think that that's probably something that should have happened. Yeah, I, I put him in a cravat. He tried to get out of it with a hammer lock, and I just pulled away from it because I'm not I'm not into that technical wrestling hammer lock bullshit. I think, I think what made Shaza open to working with me is she threw a worked punch at me at black label pro and I instinctively caught it and put her in a hammer lock. <laughs> she, she was like, Oh, mate didn't know how you knew how to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Will she you, did She couldn't get out. She didn't know how. Are you going to bring a pizza cutter when you see her next? I feel like that's the play. See, I don't like, I like Maki a lot. She's a good friend. Um, but, I don't like that she's one upping the violent things that I have to do to Shaza. Like, <laughs> I mean, Masha's also one upping you in terms I of know. any sort of submission fun. <sighs> Listen, I don't subscribe to that tier of Shaza's gimmick. So, <laughs> whatever. Are we bringing whips 
and stuff no, to this match. No, I don't know what she's into. <laughs> just, just happy she's having fun, I guess. <laughs> just, just glad she's having fun because uh, she's the only one that, uh, involved with her wrestling that has any fun. Supercon sucking on shots would be like 16 hours long. It's true. I'd love for somebody to put it together. Would love for that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to hop off of here. It was great to see you guys. In the woods. Enjoy your. <laughs> what are we doing? Oh, oh my gosh. His run ins are just. It, it's become me on day after dynamite. He doesn't have a big, you know, over the top intro like I did. He just shows up eating eggs. That's that's the pop. It's just, yep. just showing up eating eggs. We had to, we had to get like a something made for him, like over easy, but it's like over easy with SRS somehow. Sean over easy. Sean over easy. He scrambled, uh, scrambled raw scrambled. sap. Yes, yeah, Sean Ross scrambled. Yeah, there we go. That's what we can do. That sounds awful. Let's do it. Someone's got to make a, a logo for us out of that. Yeah, yeah. We need like, a theme song. What's like a, a good theme? Like you got to have like the eggs cracking and maybe like a little bit of sizzling on there and then whatever the music is is going to be. Where's Tim? Tim oh, put together this intro that I still can't decide if I love or hate, but we've played it for a month now and it's stuck. So like, it's just probably going to stick. Where's Tim to create a scrambled egg intro for us? This seems right up his alley based on the intro for this show. No, he would do it. Uh, there's one thing about Tim is that he is like boundlessly creative. And if you give him one thing, he'll take it in a weird way. And it'll just, again, just like the intro to this, the, to this show, you'll be wondering, was that, was that good? Was that right? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, that was New Japan Resurgence. Good show. Go, go watch it. That, that street fight was the longest show, longest match on the show in the end, but it had a lot going on and it was just very wildly entertaining. Yeah, it was it was a good show. Um, I caught up on the majority of it the, a little bit last night and then this morning because I was at GCW, so I didn't have as much time to, to like watch it live and everything. But I caught up on what I needed to see, and well, it was a it was a good show. GCW, uh, the the big research, the big like I guess strong shows since their rebrand have been good, and you know it's nice. The American talent or the, the Japanese talent gets to come over, work these shows in America, gives it a big feel to it. Kind of what Coglin was talking about is, you know, it, it gives these shows a bigger feel. It does, unfortunately, like take some spots from like the, the New Japan Strong regulars. Like I'd like to see Tom Waller at some point. Uh, I was a little surprised he wasn't on the show last night. Um, I, you know, he was a big, strong staple of, of that show. So I'd like to see him get back in there. Um, yeah. So I'd like to see some, some more of the new Japan strong stables, but they're, they're trying to find a balance of that, of getting the, the strong guys who were there and kind of carried that stuff through the pandemic, but also like, look, man, we got Okada Tanahashi Osprey. We got to put them on the card. So it's uh it's a tricky, it's a tricky balance to do compared to before when the strong shows were built largely around the strong talent. I do wonder where Tom Lawler fits in now with, uh, with new Japan pro wrestling. It's tough. There, there's, there are a lot of stories that kind of went past him once he finished, you know, finished doing them. 
So I, I don't know, maybe he's moved on. Maybe he's more backstage for that kind of role in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't know. Uh, he was obviously at AAW. He was at Gauntlet for the gold. He wrestled twice. So, uh, yeah. Maybe he's just done. Maybe. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the, the situation is there. I know he had, like he said it, he had like a non-exclusive deal with the company so he could still take like the independence and everything. And I think Tom Lola has a lot to offer. And I think he should be factored in somewhere. You know, whether that is New Japan Strong, whether he does go over to Japan, um, I think he he could fill a role in Japan because he has a lot of charisma. He's v- very easy to connect with with the crowd. So I, I don't know where Tom Lawler kind of fits in in the New Japan plans right now, but I, I hope the best for him. He, again, I feel like he has a lot of offer and kind of one of the more underrated guys in the, the world of professional wrestling. We got a few minutes left. Uh, do you want to get into Monday Night Raw tonight? Joel, you're the host of this show. I keep telling you this, Joel. I'm a, let me let me inspire some confidence in you right now, Joel. I know I, I try to I, I, I make fun of you, and I you know we have a love hate relationship. You love me, I hate you, and I, I try to you know I, I'm mean to you. I fully admit I'm mean to you, despite my wife saying that. You know, despite her telling me, don't be mean to Joel Pearl, I ignore her on that because it's just more fun, if I'm being honest. Joel, you're the host of this show, all right? You steer the direction of all of this. If you want to talk about Raw, we'll, we'll talk about Raw. When when we got guests on, you you introduced the guest. You set it all up. I'm just here to crack jokes and and be stupid. All right, I'm I'm a as as the headline says there. Look, my finger's so much bigger than the banner. Uh, major star in the in the minor league, Joel. That's a, that's a reference to something else. That that's what the the banner is. Like I'm just I'm just here to not for not for looks because that's definitely not true. I'm just here to crack crack my jokes and everything. I don't have any insight to provide you. People tune in to see you. Joel Pearl, you steer the ship. All right. I'm the guy at the front of the ship going, I'm king of the world. But none of that. Wait, the Titanic probably isn't that good. That that, that guy died. Crash. That guy dies. Yeah. Uh, he dies. Dead, well, dead. that's because that's because his girlfriend was a bitch and didn't share the door. That's why he died. Okay. But you you steer the ship, Joel. I'm the guy again at the front of the ship just going, I'm king of the world. I don't actually add anything to you know the course of the ship the movie's still built around me i'm the star here but you are the most important person on this show because without you i don't know what we're doing i don't know where we're going so if you want to talk about raw if you want to get into let's let's what's happening on wwe raw tonight eight o'clock p.m eastern on usa network tremendous i actually have no idea what's on this card I don't know if they've announced anything. No, they have. Um, oh, contract think, signing. They got a contract no, there's, signing. There's more than that. Let's let's hold on. Let's go back for a second. Okay. You're assuming that me asking you is me not having the self-confidence to, to steer the ship. Uh, when I ask you, do you want to talk about blank... That's just used as a segue. That's just used as a way to 
to open the discussion. All you gotta do is all you gotta do is say, yeah, sure, let's go. And what if I say no? What if I'm like, no, I don't feel like talking about this. You know what I want to talk about, Joel? Let's talk about the Denver Nuggets up 3-0 on the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's talk about Jimmy Butler putting a stake into the Boston Celtics. But see, if I say that, the show's not as good because you don't care about basketball. So that's that's top of the show stuff. Yeah, so, exactly. Basketball's fake. Yes. Basketball's fake. <laughs> I got you. Again, they're doing a poor job of basketball being fake because they they booked this series terribly. For whom? So if you're if you're a Nuggets fan, you're like, this is the best booking ever. Oh, they're doing. Here's what they're doing a great job of getting started in ratings discourse because idiots and dorks are like the ratings are going to tank with the nuggets and the heat as opposed to the Lakers. Who cares? Watch the games. We're getting great games against these two teams, the heat and the nuggets. These two teams have a great story. Who cares about your ratings? The NBA ain't going out of business, everybody. Well, it is because no one wants to buy their TV rights. (laughs) I'm sure the NBA is going to do just fine. I promise you. Joel Pearl, I'll make a very, very bold prediction on this show right now. This might be my hottest take ever. The NBA will not die in 2023. There will be a 2023-2024 NBA season, even if the Nuggets and the Heat play in the NBA Finals. Clip it, mark it down, so when the season starts in October... We can replay it, and I will look like the genius that I am. The genius who called the Denver Nuggets winning the championship, and they are five games away from doing it. An hour and 49 minutes into the show. There you go. If you want to clip it, go ahead. Jeremy talking Where's to you Tyler? About he's busy. He's, he's clipping our stuff. Kyler does a great job. I'm sure he's already clipping the, the Broner interview to, to put up there. Kyler's great. Love exactly. Kyler. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, He's a Lakers fan though. How's that going for you, Kyler? Let's talk about Raw. We do have the uh, the six man tag main event. It's going to be Imperium taking on Sammy Ko and a mystery partner, Jeremy Lambert, who's going to be the mystery partner. Is it? Isn't it been decided that it's uh, it's not Riddle, right? It's it, people seem to have their feathers all up that it's Riddle because there was the interaction during the Battle Royal. No, the, but there was somebody else who it's like, it's definitely this person. Mustafa yeah. Ali who won the Battle Royal? And had yeah, the- Mustafa Ali. I forgot who won the Battle Royal because, <laughs> you know, I get my it. memory doesn't work that well. Yeah, I think it's Ali, right? Uh, I, so I thought so. What? I don't want to spoil it. Oh, What's the spoiler? Who cares? Just say it. If y'all want spoilers in the chat? Give yes or no. And while we're at it, Cody and Brock Lesnar are going to do their their last minute face-to-face where Cody comes in. I hope Lesnar comes out first and just says, so what do you want to talk about? And then that just fires up Cody and they they do a whole brawl. A whole brawl. A hall brawl? A, hall, a fall brawl in the summertime. Fall Brawl is a that was a great pay per view. It was War Games, nineteen ninety eight. All right, I got enough people being like, "Spoil me, Daddy," and yes and no, try both, and then FWWE. So that is a clear clear spot. (laughs) If you do not want to be spoiled, cover your ears. If you do want to be spoiled, well, that's fine. In uh, three, 
to I'll leave a thumbs up. I'll do thumbs down when the spoiler's over. So those who cover their ears but are still, you know, watching us know when the spoiler's over. Seth Rollins. There we go. Is so, that is that true? That is what I'm reading. Uh, that is the the giant hints, and we'll see if that's who it's going to be. And it, it it doesn't make sense, but it does make sense, and we'll talk about it on Wednesday if someone reminds me with a super chat on Wednesday morning. Uh, so that's what's going on there. Cody and Lesnar are going to do their thing, and uh, yeah, it, it it's not the return of Drew McIntyre, by the way. I'm just putting that out there because someone in the chat was like, "It's true." No, it's not true. I don't know if I believe that. I guess we'll find out soon. Um, Card, Card like, is this is change. Like it could change, but as of right now, that is what they're doing. And again, it makes sense for certain reasons that I can't get in, that I will not get into right now. But it makes sense. Well, if this is true, Joel Pearl, I will not give you any type of credit as usual. I don't need it. Um, I will. You'll you put yourself over enough on Twitter when you get these things right and whatnot. So if it's true, then yeah, good good on you. Good on you. Riddle already has a match. Riddle Riddle already has a different match. So there you go. Uh, Fatal four way to determine the new women's tag team champions. So that is a whole thing because that's next week. Who cares? No, that's this week. It's tonight. No, No! you're right. It's Monday the twenty ninth. You're right. Then why were they promoting it on this SmackDown? That was stupid. Because they were just letting you know in two weeks. Is, is, can they not promote things ahead? Do they need to wait? Uh, what they should have done, Joel, what they should have done, if they were smart, is instead of announcing the match on SmackDown, they should have said, tune into Raw where we have a major announcement regarding the WWE Women's Tag Team titles. And then the announcement should have been that the, they would be vacated and because because of Liv's injury, and then they should have said, "Tune into SmackDown, where we will announce how we will crown new women's tag team champions." Just bleed the announcements like other companies do. Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus signed their contract tonight for the Night of Champions match. This I I still I don't know, man. This is the match that I think should change going into Saudi Arabia. I still think it should be Lita and Trish. What if it is? What if Lita? comes out tonight and is like a name on the contract says Becky. red hair but a different <laughs> red hair a darker red hair yeah i don't know how they get to it but uh i do want to see it be lita versus trish i don't know why they wouldn't do that but does lita does lita have a last name the name on the contract says lynch but it's lita lynch, <laughs> lynch. they would love that if they called her lita lynch <laughs> oh my god uh yeah that's and that's pretty much it that's being promoted as the uh, uh those those two matches the uh the tag match or the sorry the, the six-man tag match and the uh the contract signing and then the cody and brock go home it, to jenna yeah it feels like a it feels like it's a show uh cody and brock will do a good job i assume they'll just do a big pull apart brawl type thing because they love doing that and you know people will be super fired up about that the rest of the show is is fine you know the the fact that seth is just doing video packages because he's off shooting marvel and everything when you're about to crown the first ever world heavyweight champion 
feels like a little bit of a miss. I wasn't a big fan of the Waller and AJ segment on SmackDown. I was like, eh, this didn't, this didn't encourage me to be excited for Styles and and Rollins. Like maybe, okay, now I kind of am a little interested in Waller and Styles, but I didn't think that segment needed to accomplish what it, what it accomplished. Um, yeah, it, it feel you know, the world heavyweight title should be the big deal here. And they're setting this up by here's the history of Seth Rollins, which cool. You're kind of pinpointing and, and highlighting a, a Seth Rollins victory, which is fine. I'm, I'm all for that. Seth should win this title, but it doesn't, this doesn't feel like a big match between Seth and AJ for a big prize based on just video package and random talk show setups here. Yeah, and I agree. The uh, the the Grayson Waller effect didn't do much for me either. They didn't they didn't hit it until the final line where he did what was I guess supposed was it supposed to be a swerve? Was it like we all knew that Grayson Waller was not a good guy? So for yeah. him to be like, yeah, I respect you, da 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 da, and then they're gonna say Seth freaking Rollins. It the setup wasn't good. We'll see how it plays out on SmackDown, which I know was taped, and we won't get into spoilers there. But it it's out there and. Uh, the Seth Rollins, the first video of the interview was great. Whatever they are, but whatever they're about to show us tonight has to also be great. Has to get us, you know, more excited for this match. We know it'll be a good match. Give us something. Give us the history of AJ and and Seth Rollins because it's not the first time that they've competed in a ring together, let alone for a world championship caliber title in WWE. So bring that up. Let let us. Let us have a little bit of intrigue going into this match, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what Raw brings. Uh, we can probably get out of here a little early. I don't think there's really anything else for us to touch on. Wednesday, we'll be back, 10 a.m. Eastern, going in the weeds. We'll have a lot of double or nothing talk. Friday is going to be a lot of literally everything talk because you'll have double or nothing. You'll have Night of Champions. You'll have Impact uh, Under Siege. And then, of course, SmackDown's taped, so it doesn't matter. Rampage is taped, so it doesn't matter. Rampage isn't live this week. So that's another thing that's weird about this double or nothing build. But well, uh, let me hold on. Sorry, sorry, sure, sorry. Sure, sure, let sure. me let me call. Let me call like out Sean Ross. I got a what? minute. I got a minute. I know. So, yeah. I'll get I'll get you here. Sean Ross Sapp's annoying me in our chat. I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge Sean Ross Sapp to a fight. Come fight me live on air. Post. We're done here. He posts in the chat a story to do that I did earlier this morning that is already covered. And he does this a lot. And I'm challenging him to a fight. Now, you and your eggs show up on Wednesday, Sean. And let's yes, fight. Wednesday. Till then, Jeremy, plug the stuff. Let's go home. Fightful overbooked. Everyone overbook your fightful. Okay, lots of content every day. We'll be back Wednesday. I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-A-R-L. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we will see you on Wednesday on In the Weeds. Go check out Tag Talk later on today if you're watching Monday Live. Cheers.